Hey everybody, welcome back to Big Things with Zach Miko. On today's episode, we sit down with Broadway actress Katie Sexton. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the theme song. Hello, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Big Things with Zach Miko. I'm your host, Zach Miko, as always. I know it's obvious, but I still feel like telling you every time. We got a great show for you today. We're talking to Broadway actress Katie Sexton from the hottest comedy on Broadway, The Play That Goes Wrong. We have an amazing conversation about life, about the arts, about being a professional working actor and not just how exciting that is, but how depressing it could be to have found your dream and you realize there's so much further to go than you ever thought. But it's a great conversation. We have a great time and I cannot wait to share it with every single one of you. So I'm coming at you. It's uh, it's a nice Sunday. It's cold outside again because the weather can't make up its mind and yesterday all across the united states was the march for our lives as everybody knows and is horrifically familiar with gun violence is an extreme problem in the united states marjorie stoneham douglas high school had 17 victims taken by a domestic terrorist school shooter people want to call him a lone wolf or a troubled kid or whatever you want the fact of the matter is 17 people were murdered and the teenagers and the students of that school are tired of nothing being done about it. I applaud these kids so much. In one month, the students from this high school, along with others, organized a nationwide march asking to fix this problem of gun violence. There was a huge one in D.C. with 800,000 people, and they were all over the country. There was a New York one, there was San Francisco, there was Chicago. Pretty much everywhere was a march, and as someone who's quickly becoming an old fart, it really makes me happy to see that the youth of our nation are so connected and so committed to doing better, to making this a better place, and it was heartbreaking it was absolutely heartbreaking to watch the speeches. It was absolutely heartbreaking to know what these people have gone through. I remember I'm from Connecticut and I remember Sandy Hook happening and I remember thinking this has to be the change. This has to be the one. And I was so heartbroken when nothing was done after these children, these these innocent, tiny children were murdered. And I thought, maybe now's the time we're going to pass gun reform. Maybe now's the time we're going to pass common sense laws. No one wants to revoke the Second Amendment. No one wants guns taken away from people. But children should not be able to buy weapons of war to use it against other children. I think that makes sense. And I don't think anyone can argue against that in an intelligent way. But you have the leaders from Parkland like Emma Gonzalez... David Hogg, and then you have other people speaking at it. An 11-year-old named Naomi Wadler just spoke up to represent uh, the African-American girls whose stories never make the front page of the national newspaper. It's 
an incredible thing to see. I People always complain about younger generations, and people always complain that they are lazy and they're entitled and all that. As a slightly older person than these kids, I can say I have never been prouder of a younger generation. I cannot believe the strength and the fortitude of these kids to demand, to not let it slide, not let it get caught in NRA's normal gun debate. These kids were able to get major corporations to drop the NRA, you know, Enterprise, Delta Airlines. I know it doesn't sound crazy, but this is where it starts. They were able to get Dick's Sporting Goods, Walmart, to agree to stop selling assault AR-15 style rifles. It's, I, I'm, I'm proud, and I'm hoping that this is the actual moment for change. Thank you, everyone who marched yesterday. And thank you for everyone who realizes that this has to be a problem. One of my favorite ads I've seen was put out by Veterans Against Gun Violence. And it's, we're living in really tough times, everybody. But it's going to get better because these kids are making it better. And I am proud to stand with them. I am proud of what they do. And I hope that my children live in a world where they will not be threatened of being shot in their own schools. And anyone who comes out against these, I, I can't understand the arguments. I know people are afraid they're going to lose their Second Amendment right. I know people who don't want their guns taken away. I know that there are arguments to be made on that side, but that's not what this movement is asking for. This movement is asking to keep guns out of the hands of people who mean to do wrong with them and to take military weapons of war out of the civilian population. And I don't think those are important are, are, are hard asks and all the you should be able to go to school and know you're coming home and i'm hoping through people working through the march for our lives movement and through every town usa that my children will be able to come home every single day that got real heavy it's not gonna get less heavy um we're <laughs> but Thank you guys for listening to me. I'm going to get off the soapbox a little bit now, and I cannot wait for this interview. Uh, guys, Katie Sexton is an amazing Broadway actress, as I mentioned earlier. She's currently an understudy in the play that goes wrong on the Broadway. Uh, I saw the play. I saw her step in as the lead. It's the funniest play I think I've ever seen. It's running now through July 1st. I really hope everyone makes sure they go see it. Without further ado, my conversation with my good friend, an incredibly talented actress, Katie Sexton. So, ladies and gentlemen, we are sitting here with all-around amazing person and current understudy for Broadway's The Play That Goes Wrong, mm -hmm. Katie Sexton. Hello. What's happening? I'm so happy to I be know. here. This is wild. It's fun and it's exciting. Mm -hmm. So before we continue, I know yeah. you want to look at me. So I do want to look at you, so I <laughs> guess I should probably... You got to turn the mic to look. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. exactly. Okay, I'm going to do what you're doing. I'm just picking. I just take it, take it. Yeah, because otherwise if you turn sideways on the microphone... I'm talking to the wall. All we hear is like... Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So we Here. actually got to do this. Uh, anyway, technical issues out of the mm. way. How are you doing, Katie? I'm great. I'm really great. That's good. So for anyone who doesn't know, as I just repeated, Katie is a, an actress in the Actors' Equity Association. What is that, Katie? Um, it's a union. It is the Actors' Union. I feel like this is like a test it is. already. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. What is the... Um, it is a, it's an actor's union. It's, uh, it protects um, stage actors and stage managers. 
making sure that we get paid what we deserve to get paid for the work that we do. I like that. And now, are all equity houses Broadway? No. I mean, are all Broadway houses equity is what I meant to say. Yeah, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> at least, at least, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure because, uh, yeah, because I think once you get to Broadway, it's everybody's kind of protected. That's good. Up there. That's always a good thing. Yeah, it's do. very good. It's nice. So, Katie, mm. born and raised in, well, I don't know if you're raised there, uh, or I don't even know if you're born there. I do know you were <laughs> raised you in New Hampshire. You know nothing about me. I don't. I found out yesterday, even chatting with Laura, that I knew less about you than I thought I did. You know, I my parents ended up in New Hampshire, but I lived all over. Okay. I, I don't really know where I'm from. Oh. I was a I was a Air Force brat. My dad was yeah, a colonel in the Air Force. I was going to ask if you're a military brat. Colonel Sexton. Which is also kind of fucked up that it goes straight to brat. How come? Yeah, it's like, what the heck? Like, I'm a well-adjusted, well-rounded, well-experienced person. It's funny that that's, Why am that's I a like shithead? the term. <laughs> like, yeah, you fucking military brat. Look yeah, at your look dad at you. Serving the country <laughs> and being selfless. Yeah. Fucking oh brat. god but anyway that's the terminology so until I we invent know. new ones we're, we're gonna have to deal with that maybe we need to start today okay no day you but were a um a, a service child i was a service <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> sound right either no that sounds that sounds like i'm a service dog yeah well yeah that's what you are <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'm sure you, you helped your dad through some times oh. um <laughs> Anyway, he was fine. He was doing a really good so, job. So, so what, what's so your early, if in that case, what's your earliest memory of like which which base is the first one you remember existing? I mean, like probably the one in Idaho. If I do feel like I'm from anywhere, I feel like I'm from Idaho. Really? Um, we spent like seven years in Idaho. Okay. We there wasn't enough room on the base for us, so we lived in Mountain Home, Idaho. Is a tiny, tiny little place. The, the the town is called Mountain Home. It's called Mountain Home. Isn't that adorable? Oh, adorable. It is adorable. Yeah, it's sweet. <laughs> I thought um, you were just saying. You lived in a mountain home in Idaho, <laughs> and you didn't want us to know because the base was secret. No, no, I don't. I, my dad did have like a paper shredder at one point that he used often. I but mean, like, I also I had one. <laughs> right. So I don't think that counts. I was just trying to be less wasteful. Oh, right. I think yeah. my dad did have. My dad has secrets. So one time, speaking of paper shredder mm-hmm. and secrets, uh, I got hired by somebody who, uh, let's just say that they're in a family of people in New York. Mm-hmm. It's a, <laughs> Are you allowed to talk about this? I don't know how much I'm allowed <laughs> to say, but there's a, a New York family. But anyway, so I was one time hired to go into a apartment that no one lived in okay. and shred papers. We were locked in. <gasps> And I had to shred papers for hours and hours and hours and hours. Was this like a task rabbit thing? Nope. This was a Zach has weird friends and they're like, hey, you want to make $300? And I <gasps> said yes. Uh, and we were locked in and we had to shred a lot of papers. Oh my God. That we weren't allowed to read. We were told not to read them. I did read them. Uh, I didn't actually. I'm not saying that. Oh God. Oh God. Uh, <laughs> anyway. We shredded a lot of papers, and then they, in the morning, unlocked us, took us to church, and then gave us lunch at Carmine's. Wait it a was, second. It was like an overnight thing? You slept uh, it over? Was, it was the shadiest job I've ever oh had. Oh, my. They, so they, they locked you in the room? We were locked inside the apartment. And you shredded the papers? We shredded every paper in the house. Oh, my God. This is some... Then we slept on the floor. You slept on like the floor? Two, yeah, there was no furniture. There was no furniture. There was it just, was just an empty room. It was just papers and shredding 
Oh my god. So that's what I think of when I hear paper shredder. So okay. I don't <laughs> think your dad did that. Um, okay. So anyway, so yeah, so we lived in I mean my favorite place that I grew up in was I think Idaho. Nice. We lived in the middle of nowhere. My we lived in like you could there was like dry flat grassland out in front of our home mm-hmm. and um you could see mountains off in the distance and in the morning my mom would just be like, "All right, as long as you can see the house, go play." And I don't. Weren't those the days? Honestly, the street, I, yeah. Like, come I, on days. Oh my god, I loved it. I know. Yeah. My parents never had to deal with that because we lived in a two-family house, so I just mm. played with the kids above us. Right. So we didn't go anywhere. No, you're just like, <laughs> well, no, no point. Yeah and, yeah, and and her dad had a garden that we'd eat. You'd eat. Oh yeah, no, he didn't get any vegetables from it. We would just be kids in the backyard, like eating green beans off the. Yeah, off the vine. Oh, that's it was sweet. Good, it was a good time. What a sweet image. In life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you didn't have a home, so you don't know what that's like. No, that's <laughs> a joke. You had a home. So when did they end up back in New Hampshire? How, how many stops was it before New Hampshire? Okay, so I was born in Virginia. Then we moved to Idaho. Then we moved to Florida. And then we moved to New Hampshire. Okay, so all stateside, though. You never, like, went to a foreign base or anything? No, when my parents first got married, they actually lived in uh, England for a bit. Awesome. So my... um. They still got this is not what the interview is about. This is not I at all. I always find military <laughs> families so fascinating because they're yeah. so like out of my realm of how mm-hmm. families grow up. I'm also one of nine kids. Exactly. Yeah. We were getting to that. You oh, are we getting ahead. to that? No, I no, did. No. Okay. I'm uh, so sorry. Hey, Katie. Uh, I don't mean to have. Do you have any brothers or sisters? <laughs> oh, you know, it's so funny you asked that. Um, I'm one of nine. I know. That's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. One time I, was, I told you that one time I was doing a shoot in new hampshire and i was talking to the guy that owned the house we were shooting at mm-hmm. and he was talking about how he's from new hampshire and that he had nine children <gasps> and i said i are know you, are you i know someone or no that he had nine children and i was like i know a person who's from new hampshire and has nine children and i said is one of your daughters named katie and he said no oh <laughs> you just don't really hear about that though about i know having well, that that's many the thing. kids i thought that maybe there were three families total in New Hampshire that might have nine children. I think you're right. And I think what a weird <laughs> so, world this so is. Go find the other guy. This guy was really cool. He was an undercover cop. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah. So yeah, this, this interview is going places. This is, uh. <laughs> this is so boring. <laughs> so I, okay. So, uh, yes, I'm one of nine kids. Uh, or where, where are you in the spectrum of nine? I'm number four. Okay. So there's the original five of us. Mm-hmm. And then, um, my parents started doing foster care when I was like 11 or 12. Uh-huh. And then, um, from that, uh, we have adopted four kids. That's wonderful. So basically like when a kid goes up for adoption, if he's in foster care, yeah, we basically get first dibs like, hey, they're, you know, the parents have given up their rights or they all the rights have been taken away. Mm-hmm. Do you want to adopt? And you've been you've already had these kids as foster children. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, My parents are angel babies. Yeah, no, they really are. That's they're actual the angel nicest babies. thing people can do. Oh, mm-hmm. Bill and Maureen Sexton. They're angel babies. <laughs> I will never be able to fit in their shoes i know it's a little scary that's the thing listen we're not supposed to we're, we, we, we right? you got you got so many time to adopt nine kids i've got so <laughs> much time to adopt nine kids can't wait i know you I'm can just forward to it you can beat them you can go for 10 yep that's that's a that's a <laughs> logical healthy way to view it let that, me beat them but that's the goal that's a, so since you were moving around a lot did you <clears throat> where, where did high school end up happening high school ended up happening in new hampshire okay we had a not a very good uh or well-funded um, theater where, where in club? Where in New Hampshire were you? Merrimack. Merrimack, Merrimack which Merrimack is, if I'm looking at a picture of the state, 
It's it is north of Nashua. Right? Okay. Does that help? Okay. I don't know. Maybe you na- knew Nashua. Na- name, another, <laughs> name another city I don't know. It's like uh, middle, it's top, m- bottom. Oh, sorry. It's like, like southern. It's like southern. southern. Okay, southern, cool. Southern middle, I'd say. Good to know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Like an hour north of Boston. There you go. This is just some really interesting facts. No, they're great facts. People love these things. Do they? Okay. So, th- so you ended up, and I'm assuming... That's where you did you fall in love with theater while you were in high school or was it even earlier than that? It was earlier than that. My sister, older sister, Shannon, who's a a badass, um, she started doing acting before I did. She actually, that's such a dumb story, but like she was playing Miss Hannigan in a production of Annie Uh um, when we were in Florida and at rehearsal, I think we, we went to go watch rehearsal. I was there with my mom. I was like seven or eight and they're like, we need we don't have a dog yet they asked me to play sandy the dog just for a rehearsal just so that the girls could get used to having somebody there it wasn't just rehearsal oh it it? was it was life-changing literally (laughs) i i just i made i made such strong choices as sandy did Um, you like pee on anybody or something did not pee but i decided i because there's like a police officer that tries to take sandy away from annie yep i remember um and I decided that like that dog was not going to like that officer. And so I barked so much at and growled at the officer. Aww. I made that choice on my own. That's That must have been heartbreaking, actually, to watch I, you like scrap your way well, back yeah. to Annie. Well, yeah, I was like, well, and it was just for that one rehearsal. They're like, oh, I actually think I did too much. They're like, OK, thanks, Katie. Like, go sit down. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> that was so fun to play. It was just you just play. And like, uh, yeah, it was exhilarating. That's awesome. Yeah. So when you got into high school, you started, did you have one of those weird, cool middle schools that had a theater department? Um, no. I mean, a kind of, we had more of like a, a really great music department. Um, though the woman that I really looked up to was our chorus teacher, Miss Stevens. Mm-hmm. She was so young and cool and hip and like, we sang like chorus Beatles arrangements and yeah. chorus, you know, like it was cool. Um, and then we would do, I did a show called The Brave Buckaroo, which was a musical in middle school. And then I did some weird version of Rapunzel, which was a musical where I played the witch. Yeah, I was really into it. What what on earth was the Brave Buckaroo about? I have n- I can't even tell you. I feel like I was like cowboy number two or three or something. That's a good that's a good number. You're yeah. right up there. You're almost number one. I do have a really good story though about um, a talent show, a middle school talent show. Can I tell you that? Yeah, you can. So I really wanted to sing. I was really into like rock music when I was in middle school. Like I thought not like punk rock, but like, like classic, classic rock. Classic. I loved classic rock. Like that's I loved awesome. Aerosmith and I loved um, the Doobie Brothers. I loved the Beatles. I loved like I just loved it. And so there was this one song on the Charlie's Angels soundtrack. Okay. Okay. I don't, so I'm getting very specific yep. here. It was an Aerosmith song. I don't, I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but like, so. How did it go? I, oh, you can't? I can't. I know uh, so many Aerosmith songs. I know. It, it, it's I just can't tell you which one was in the remake of Charlie's Angels starring Drew listen, Barrymore. Yes, yes, exactly. Look it up. Lucy Liu and Cameron Diaz. We all watched it. We all it. watched it. <laughs> like, it was, it was, it was fantastic. Movie. It was a good movie. What a great combination was of people. Was Bill Murray in it too? Yes. Bill Murray played. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure. I feel like God, he was. God, love him. There was a lot of people in that. Was Sam Rockwell a bad guy? Am I making this up? We'll Google it we'll later. We'll Google it later. You like guys Sam will too. I Sam Rockwell was the bad guy in that. Probably. I couldn't tell you. That's um, fine. 
Anyway, so it was a, it was a, it was an Aerosmith song on the soundtrack, whatever. So there was like the chorus of it was like really like kind of like screamy and like like went really up there. So I asked my friend uh, Russell McDougall because he was kind of like a kooky guy. I was like, hey, you sing like, can you like, why don't you sing this with me? And he was like, oh my god, yeah, totally. So I gave him the CD and I was like, I didn't understand what practicing was as a kid. So yeah. I was like, you just you learn that part and then on the day we're gonna do it. So, uh, we're, I remember we were lining up to go to the talent show and, uh, I'm like, Hey Russell, did you, are you ready to do the song? You ready to go? He's like, I didn't listen to it. I didn't listen. I don't even know what it is. And I was like freaking out. I was like, what am I going to do? I have to sing this song. And so (laughs) blah, blah, blah. So we get to that point and I'm like, you have to make it up then. I was like, I was, I didn't, I I was like, I'm, I'm going to still do this. I'm going to win this talent show. So we get up there and I start singing my part and then it goes to his part and he just goes and I scream into the microphone sing damn it <laughs> so I swear in front of the entire middle school and then because when you're in middle school damn is a swear yeah well yeah. I mean and for little Katie Sexton damn was a swear like oh, that definitely. came out of like the bowels of like <laughs> from, evil. from your from your <laughs> darkest thoughts yes. came the word damn damn with yeah an N at the and end. I was so embarrassed afterwards anyways Aww. it went really really bad I have a lot of stories of failing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's what actors have. I just have, I have, I mean, like, this, it's, I've, I, yeah, I'm on Broadway. It's really awesome. But, like, man. I know. There's a I lot have of falls. So many falls and embarrassments. And don't worry, we'll find all of them. I can't wait. Uh, so let's move on to high school. Okay. Um, did you, uh, so the, you said the theater department was on the underfunded side. It was on the underfunded side, yeah. But because of that, um, we actually got to do some really cool stuff that we had a, a teacher there named Tim Lecuyer and mm-hmm. he um, basically encouraged us to do kind of um, experimental work and write our own work because there that's was awesome. because that's awesome because really there progressive was, of a high school theater he's teacher. I mean he's an incredible he's an incredible teacher um, he also taught and uh, directed at our local uh, community theater called the Peacock Players and oh. so he directed there as well but it was that was we got to write a few of our own stuff which was really cool we did like the one act festival that was awesome. awesome but like production like we had no money though oh no we didn't nothing, either nothing. We, we had when I, in my high school theater department our whole thing was that other people have built sets a long time ago mm. and for <laughs> me i was that i was the set designer contractor technical director i forget what my actual title was but my job was to build the sets, essentially. I was the only one in my... Th- me and my younger sister were the only people in the entire theater department that had any sort of carpentry skills really? whatsoever because our dad had taught us okay, how to do Okay, I was going to say, where did you... No, my dad turn. was just... My dad's like a, a a stereotypical dad. He has glasses and a mustache and mm-hmm. a workshop in his basement. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> that's... <laughs> I've never met your dad. Oh, uh, I guess for geez. listeners, for listeners, we're I've I've known Zach for yeah, we're friends, for, we're buds <laughs> for so, a while now. So yeah. we could, we could get rid of the mystique of it. Yeah. Um, but I've been buds with pretty much everyone I've interviewed, so it's it works out. Oh, okay. That's kind of like the theme is that I happen to know really amazing people. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, but Aww. you got to meet my dad. My dad is the daddiest dad of all. And I mean, knowing like, you, oh, I feel like yeah, he's fantastic. He's an amazing. Mm-hmm. amazing man 
Um, but yeah, he taught me and my sister how to use tools at mm. a young age. So yeah. we're the only ones that knew it. So what we did was we took all these beautiful sets other people had built and like shoved into this back closet room mm-hmm. and I ripped them all apart to make my own sets. Oh my God. And I remember even thinking like, it's like, oh, well, what about the next, like, you know, classes that are up and coming like the next classes mm-hmm. and i was just like i don't care about them mm. i'm gonna destroy everything oh wow and they have to rebuild when i'm done and Listen. i did and it was great i built oh some God. cool stuff sometimes i feel like um i feel like it's so good to have kind of that scrappy um theater experience where it's like oh, yeah because i mean in real life there's there's no money really for it there, there, so no, there's, there's never, no expectations on, really from the get-go it's like no you really just have to work your ass off and create and use your own brain and 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 figure it out yeah it's i'm i'm grateful for it what was your favorite play you did in high school um and i'm talking about personal favorite so not like favorite. not like this was the best play we did. Mm-hmm. Like Katie Sexton was in this play mm-hmm. and this was her favorite and best part to do. Um, I think it was actually, uh, we did Children of Eden okay. um, at our community theater Pe- and Peacock Players. And which was also directed by Tim Lucuye. Um And like the, it's a very emotional show. It's all, yeah. you know, it's all about you know, God Bible stories, and God and, and Cain killing people. But I think what's beautiful about that show is that it's just good stories and it's about spirituality more than like, yeah. this is what the Bible says. It's yeah. just like these kind of just beautiful stories that you can relate to. We had such a, it was just such a great group of people. I love that have show. A, did you have a part or were you in I was, well, kind of, I was, um, the, the, the snake. Do you know the show? I, I know the bible <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. I don't this is one of those it's one of those theater shows there's certain theater shows growing up as a theater kid that everyone knew but me and i sure. just never say i've never heard a single song from children of eden i mean i'm sure i have but i don't yes, know children have. of eden oh, i've never have. heard a single song i know nothing about how to succeed in business like, i actually don't I know, know that one like there's so there many are certain ones that go past me high school theater <laughs> plays i don't know any of them no at all no no, well, in Children of Eden, the part of the snake, um, oh my God, it's such a good song, but it's like a six person ensemble that play the snake That's and it was, cool. and it was badass. And we had, <laughs> I remember particularly our, we had top hats, of course, and, um, we had, uh, these like fingerless gloves. One was black and one was green. Oh, it was just like so cheesy. <laughs> But I think we sounded really good, and I think we got the point across. I think we were a good snake. I I, th- I think you would have. I think you were an excellent snake. Thank you. I think you could have handled the snake on your own. I don't know the show or how it's sung. I'm sure there's harmonies. But there's I think some. You there's some create. Well, it's like a. It was like a jazzy harmony song. It's. I mean, it's a really cool song. Who wrote it? It's. Is Schwartz. It Steven Schwartz? It's yeah, Schwartz. Yeah. Fucking Schwartz, right? He's, he, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's killing it. He's doing well. He's doing really well. <laughs> I got, I got I got good hopes for that guy. I actually thought yesterday I I don't know what I was thinking about, but I was like, oh, I have an I'm auditioning. I have an audition coming up for um for Pippin, and Ooh. and uh, I was like, how old is Stephen Schwartz? How old is he? He was very young when he so when he, gradu- story, when he graduated when he school graduated because I my first play in college was Godspell. Oh and, God, I love Godspell. Um, that was his thesis project. 
when he was still in school. Yeah. His thesis was he wrote Godspell. Jesus. Isn't that just crazy? This makes you go, what the hell was I doing I senior year at so college? That's the thing. He was like 22, 23 years oh old. And it's just like, here's a play that will outlive everybody. It's still one of the, I mean. It's one of the most, like, as far as community theater goes, no, I feel like Godspell is done. Yeah. That in Our Town. Another play I haven't seen. I've never seen Our Town either. I know. I'm a bad theater kid. So you're in college. I'm in college. I went to Plymouth State. Plymouth State for musical theater. Musical theater. Great program, but very isolated. Yeah. Um, You're up in the mountains. I'm up in the mountains. And and all everybody, anybody did was drink up there, and I didn't like that. Yeah. I had a lot of friends who went to Keene State. Yeah, and they, and they were drunk. Drunk all the time. Yeah, because when you're in the middle of the woods, like we had a CVS, like that was it. That's nice. It was fine. So I wanted to transfer. So I uh, was dating a guy at the time who was actually at CMU in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and I, like a dumb Carnegie Mellon girl, University for the University. people who need to know. It's a great, great school. Great it school. is. It's very it's well fantastic known. school. So like the young woman I was, I wanted to be closer to him. So I made the, one of the most important decisions of my life, according to being closer to him. Idiot. I mean, it all worked out in the end. But like, I look back at like young Katie, and it's like, Katie, come on, live your. I think life. that's what people do when you're young. Yeah, you, you just know. you're in love and you. Yeah, so I, I feel like my whole life was a very happy accident. Yeah. Led on a string of terrible decisions. Terrible decisions. Is how I ended up getting Isn't where I was. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You, you look back at things and you're like, oh, man. Yeah. Isn't that crazy when you're, I mean, when you're young and like you're, you're with somebody. You're stupid. And I feel like that's so your parents. Dumb. Everyone thinks your parents' job is done at 18, and it so isn't. Oh, my God. They, I've, I've no. learned more from them <laughs> over 18. Yesterday. I, I learned have. so much yesterday just talking on the phone with my mom. You're I know. like, oh, well, oh, wow. So you moved out. To, so did you move out to Pittsburgh? So what happened was uh, when I auditioned for other schools, I auditioned for schools near Pittsburgh. So I, okay. I auditioned for CMU, Point Park, um, University of the Arts in, in Philadelphia. Um, that, by the way, is nowhere near Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, I was like, Pennsylvania. Like, I, I was like, let me be in Pennsylvania. One time agreed to go see a friend who was li- who was going to um, Carnegie Mellon. Mm-hmm. And she was like, hey, why don't you guys come down and visit and we so far. think new pittsburgh thought philly and yeah. we're like totally we'll come down started driving it's a nine hour hit drive philly seven hours later <laughs> it is a nine hour drive from new york it's um, crazy so i ended up at point park uh university okay. um i studied musical theater there and i loved it i loved it a lot it was uh i like to call it the school the school for misfit toys oh because herbie because i mean they had the type of program that I think they liked weirdos. Like they liked people that didn't quite fit certain types. Types. I like specific that. types. Um, unlike schools like CMU or UMich or you know Juilliard, where they're looking for very specific types. They're looking to for fill. people who will get marketable right away. Absolutely. Yeah. And which is honestly not a bad. I mean, hey. people people work. People work coming out of those schools. Yeah, I know, especially yeah. Juilliard. I've noticed. It's oh like, my god. Oh yeah. I used to look down. Na- not look down. I had friends who were like, "Why don't you go to Juilliard?" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm going to go to a conservatory instead." And that, mm. then like, <clears throat> then like the three years after I graduated, I was like, "Fuck, 
fuck, I should have went to Juilliard. I should have auditioned. I should have tried. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Every single one of these people is on everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, those are great schools. Yeah. So I ended up going there. Um, I had a really great time there. But again, I, th- I was a little weird in school. Like, people didn't really know what to do with me. Like, mm-hmm. I played everyone's mom. In, really? In shows. You're yeah. so young looking. <laughs> Thank well, you. Like, no, but yeah. seriously, you're like you're like I played everyone's dad, but it's mm-hmm. because I'm six foot six, right? So it's like, well, yeah, you'll he'll do it. People, well, I was I was quirky and a little funny, and like I, I think I was maybe a little bit bigger than I am now, but not by much. And yeah, people were just like, there's something warm about you. People just said I was warm and mature, and so that's why I ended up playing people's moms. In that's school. a good thing. But it's a very confusing thing once you graduate and you're like. I'm I can't play anyone's mom in life so I know I came I came to the grips with myself with my own theater career that I was just like god after 40 I'm gonna rock it oh my god but like pre-40 I'll hang out I'll try to do (laughs) I'll hang out I'll try to to hang on like nobody wants me right now but god once I get that salt and pepper thing going on, dude, you're sad. Jeez, the money. I can't wait. I smile so as money. I try to get as many lines as my face as possible. Yeah, get them, like, get them put in. I know. Can you <laughs> get them put in? I know. There's a lot of things to take them out. I'm sure someone will etch them on for me. Oh my god, it's like a tat, like a tattoo, <laughs> I like hope tattoo not. wrinkles. Oh yeah, That'd be uh, awful. I don't want a face tattoo. Um, no. <laughs> no, I don't think. So, so yeah. in that case, so if you felt like you know afterwards you were such this misfit when. Obviously, you go out into the world, mm-hmm. you start auditioning. Yeah. I'm sure you had plenty of terrible survival jobs that we have. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for those who don't know, survival jobs are for anyone in the arts, whether you're an actor, an artist, a musician, a model, whatever. A survival job is the job that actually pays bills while yeah. you're trying to figure out how to make the other job pay bills. Yeah. It's a really weird thing thing isn't it it's yeah. a it's such a weird balance yeah i mean what i mostly have done is i've been a waitress and a bartender and i'm good i'm good at those things because yeah. i am fast and i can i can organize my brain quickly and and know where things go very quickly so i i honestly kind of enjoyed it but i mean i didn't like it that much like i'd rather be acting i worked at joe's pub for the past couple of years but that's a really cool place to be working yeah joe's pub is at the public theater and the public theater is this amazing um off-broadway uh house it's where hamilton started yeah. it's where fun home started i mean it, they just do incredible work there and so it's and a the music public venue. is also the one who does shakespeare in the park every year yeah, yeah 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 so it's a great build it's in the same building as the public so so I got to, and the, so the, uh, Joe's pub is a, a performing arts or performing arts, a, a music venue. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the type of people that they would bring in was incredible. When, which, which is a cool place, especially when you are working in the arts. I feel like it's a little, cause I worked at a place called Rockwood Music Hall. So I feel like it's a little better to work the, at a place that's at least somewhat connected to the arts. It's a little like less alienating. Cause when I was working at just a regular sports bar, I was like, man. You just, it's, I hate this. it's really bad. It can be really, really bad. Yeah. Yeah. So when was your first professional gig in theater? I did a few small productions here in the city, but the first kind of big thing that I did was... When's the first time... Okay. Because I know theater people. When's the first time you received a paycheck for a theater oh, role? 
Actually, I mean, <laughs> I did uh, a few months after I moved to the city. I, I mean, it was a children's show. It was um, Angelina Ballerina, and That's it was amazing. here in the city. And it was at like uptown at like 79th Street. Children's theater is the coolest thing. It my, was, my first job out of yeah. college was King Arthur and the Magic Sword. Beautiful. And we toured for nine months. Like. Listen, it good. It's a good gig, and it paid well. So I yeah. mean, like that was a few months after I moved to the city. I mean, I was I played a mouse. I, I was in a, a full <laughs> spandex outfit as a mouse that's awesome it was awesome i played i played i played the so te- cool. uh, but again i played like the teacher mouse good i wasn't like but it, i was like the mature one yeah i don't know what that is it's a good thing it that's means you means you got your shit together yeah maybe that's what it means that's what people think been, that i'm I've like i've been told i was mature my whole life and same. i think it just meant i had my shit somewhat together yeah i wasn't freaking out i wasn't throwing fits yeah i had tons of friends who like caused scenes mm-hmm. and like threw a fit and it was like uh well and you had to like be like it's fine it's fine he's just upset and mm-hmm. then i'm just like no fuck yeah you. get your shit together yeah come on we're in public be a person uh, be a, <laughs> be a p- talk uh, you want to talk about what's wrong no you don't then don't stop then uh, just because because with your acting you're making it known that something's wrong right and you could just tell me and we can work it out Who or is- you can pout who is this about? What are you going off about? Oh, there's like... Is there somebody in mind you have right now? I, I mean, at the moment, for some reason. Yeah, but I was like, okay. you, just, you just went off on somebody. I, I, well, listen, it, it was... Um, it's a You're, lot of a people. Speci- okay. <laughs> no, no. It's like a lot. It's, it's so many more people than it should be. But, oh, wow. Uh, that's the, the, I guess, the burden of being of the being more a, mature a, I guess so, yeah. Is that people, I feel people. like you're dealing with children all the time. Yeah. It's okay, so you're, mm-hmm. you're in Angelina Ballerina, and then where to from there? Then I did um, a small production of Company here in the city. Company. Uh, Company's a great show. I love that show. We were all way too young to be doing that show, but I it was, was way it was too a great... to be in Miss Saigon. There, you, there <laughs> you go. I guess that's, you know, I feel like... I feel like Broadway is the only place where they can pull good enough talent to cast appropriately. I feel like every smaller mm. production I've been in has been like one person like, really? You're playing that guy? It's a little, yeah. Something right. ends up being a little bit off. Yeah, you're yeah. like, well, you, yeah, it's, we can't afford it. Yeah, 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 you sound good. Yeah. Okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You're like, you all right. You sound good. You're cool. But okay, yeah. So Children's Theater, then I did Company, mm-hmm. and then I, I did a bunch of just regional stuff after that. I went, I worked now at explain a great to our audience who doesn't know what okay. regional theater is. Um, so a lot of uh, theaters um, all over the country that, that, can house New York actors mm-hmm. will often come to the city and audition because that's where I've, I mean there's such a giant talent pool yeah. here and so and a lot of theaters it's like they like to tell their audiences oh we have a New York theater and or a New York sorry a New York yeah. actor and that's somehow you know get some you know good audiences so they'll audition mostly in the city and and then they'll take you out and you'll stay at a theater like so i stayed at this theater called allenberry playhouse for two summers Mm -hmm. um the first summer there i was for there for five months i did five shows um and it was awesome we lived on in this little little cottages and did like pretty good theater and like for really really old people in pennsylvania and um but it was a community and it was great and we lived yeah. we lived by the theater and we lived in you know it was that's it's so fun it's kind of what i mean that's what theater is to me is a community it's, it's yeah it's a family it's a family and, and, and that's something that maybe i i didn't find the right one but you know i did theater and film and mm-hmm. for some reason theater was always so much 
closer knit, so more emotional and close for me personally and than open. film because film was film always felt like a job to me sure. whereas theater always felt like I was part of something yeah because you are because you you rehearse and you create and you build yeah. the scene together where film is a little bit more like all right you show up and you do it yeah you go. know go you better go go again I had a friend once not a friend uh, uh Betty Buckley she's not my friend <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, start <laughs> I had a friend she, once Betty Buckley. <laughs> she, she's not my friend, but she uh, would come do classes at a studio, a uh, T-Shriver mm-hmm. studio, and, which is where I would study. She and has classes there? Yeah, her, her and Terry are, are old buds. Shut up. I want to take classes. And she said Terry. one of the things that, oh, y- yeah, you can all do. Right. She does it all the time. Oh, shit. She had a, uh, you know, she does mostly theater, but she's been in tons of film. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how one time she was in a film with Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. And he was he was playing his wife. Yeah. And she's like, hey, do you want to get together and, you know, just meet, talk about our characters, talk about the relationship, you know, maybe run lines or something before mm. before we film. And Harrison Ford's like, no, no, I don't do that. And that was just it. And then she's like, oh, OK. All right. See you next month. And yeah. then we just it, it's I think it's that attitude in film that always mm-hmm. kind of drove me nuts. I yeah. think it's theater is such a pure form of acting yeah and that's why i love it Mm -hmm. so much well because you just get you get to layer you get to you get to spend time with the people that you're performing with yeah and you get i mean if if you're lucky i mean sometimes you're doing like you got two weeks summer stock stuff where it's like you rehearse real quick but like you get time to like share space and time and get to know people yeah and it just add layers to your performances and your relationships that you have on stage not counting the play that goes wrong which we'll get to in a second sure what was your favorite production you've done professionally south pacific oh yeah oh my i mean my god yeah like it's the best rogers and hammerstein i think and i and it is so poignant and so well written it's up there i'm trying to think yeah i mean it's one of the best it's i think of their work i think Uh, i'm a big Uh, old sound of music fan are yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, well, yeah. But yeah. So, yeah. But, but no, 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 totally. <laughs> Roger, they know what they're doing. They're fine. They did well. They're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're going to be fine. Their rent's paid. Yeah. They're, they've laid their bricks history. in history. Yeah, like, exactly. they're <laughs> no one's going to fuck with that. They'll be just No fine. one's going to argue with that. Um, they founded the modern musical. It's cool. It's cool. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. No one else did that. Um, so, yeah, I did a production of South Pacific. I was lucky enough to play Nelly. Yeah. And I, I loved how... What I liked about it was that she, everybody in that show, no one was perfect. Yeah. Everybody had issues that they were, they seriously had to work on. Like she was a bit of a hypocrite and mm-hmm. she didn't realize it. And I think that's so interesting. She was a little racist and she yeah. needed, she needed to d- check in with herself. Yeah. You know? And, uh, I just think you can apply that to today too, where like, uh, you know, I'm not racist. And then, but then you say stuff and yeah. you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I need to check back and figure out where that's coming from. Yeah. And I think that happens and that's okay. As long as you can, you know, realize it in yourself and talk about it and fix it, you yeah. know? So that's why, I mean, that's what I love. That's why I love that show so much. I think that's a great answer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so now let's go flash forward. Was that an equity contract? It was. That was my first equity contract. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Explain to our young viewers how one goes about joining equity, actors equity. Um, you can do it a few ways. Um, people, uh, it it's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, you I, have to be in like a good. It feels very. Um, 
I know people who are, I don't, I'm sure, I don't, all I know you, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of equity actors and I know a lot of them worked really hard for a very long time yeah. in order to join it. Whereas I also know a lot of people in the Screen Actors Guild mm-hmm. who did a job, got Screen Actors Guild. And then, yeah, it's so much easier to become yeah. SAG. It really is. As sad as it is, but the thing is, I feel like what I love about um, theater and what act, actors' equity is you kind of have to, in order to join equity, have proven your ability to work consistently in order to even earn your way in. Yeah, it's really, in, it's a really interesting setup. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it's there for a reason, you know, but yeah, I mean, I worked my ass off for like yeah. four years out, out of school. Because you have to be, is it 52 weeks of straight production you have to have done or Some, something like yeah, that? Yeah, you get po- Actually, you know what? I think this last year it changed. Okay. It, it got cut in half. So now it is easier for people. Because I remember it was like 52 weeks, but like, you know, you get a theater thing and you're getting three to four week contracts yeah. to do a couple of weekends. Yeah, <laughs> and, you're, and like, you're like, okay, cool. How that the hell am I going to? How am I ever going to mm-hmm, get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even have any any weeks. I, luckily, I was, it was back at Allenberry Playhouse and the artistic director, Ryan Gibbs, who was an incredible, incredible director, mm-hmm. incredible man. If you ever need coaching, oh, he's so, so wonderful. He's kind of a mentor to me. He kind of took me under his wing because, again, like, I was kind of a, kind of a weirdo and, like, kind of funny and people didn't really know what to do with me. So, like, he, that first summer that I worked there, he just kind of went, do you want to do another show? Do you want to do this part in it? I was like, okay, sure. And he would just let me play. Yeah. And I got to do, like, five totally different roles. And I don't think I... I don't think I would have known that I could have done all that if he hadn't given me the opportunity. That's wonderful. So I was so lucky. So then the following summer, he was able to get equity contracts at the theater. And so uh, he was like, we're equity now. I think you're ready. Do you want you, do you want to be, go equity? And I was like, it's hard as an actor because yeah. there's so much non-equity work now. Mm-hmm. There's so many non-equity tours the that exact pay same well. same thing with SAG where you it's, know, like, it's there's like so much non-union work. It's scary to... And people that, that don't know it, you can't, if, if you're union, you can't take non-union gigs. Yeah. And vice versa, usually, or, you know, sometimes you work your way in through the, the, the union houses. But so it's hard. It's a big choice. If you're like, yeah. if I go union, I can't take all these other jobs. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, I'm glad I did it when I did. I think I think I was ready to, but... Um, but yeah, you can go. There's diff- many different ways you can go about getting your card. But then you're in a whole, you're in a whole other pool of talent now. So yeah. now it was like, okay, so now I'm equity. So now I'm auditioning against people that have Broadway credits. Yeah. And 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 it's it's, it's a totally different it's totally di- a different game. Yeah. You know. So so yeah, but I mean, the first year or so that I was equity, I I auditioned all the time, but I no no I got no callbacks. Yeah. No no not yep. at all. Nope. Oh, I know that feeling. Oh man, you just you just hit you just hit the pavement and yeah. you keep going, you keep trying, and people are like, "Good, good job," and I'm like, "Thank you." I know. I had one director, uh, casting director, tell me that he had to see people at least ten times before he ever considered hiring them, that which I was weird. like, "Fuck that, you, man!" Oh, yeah, it's like, come what on. if I'm good for the role? But yeah, I understand the ethics behind it, but it's like, ugh, it's it's sure. a, it's discouraging. It's why it people is. burn out of acting so quickly. Absolutely, it yeah. is. It's exhausting, and it's there's the it's the amount of no's. So many. So acting many is getting told no professionally. Yes, ninety nine percent of the time. Yeah, 
it's like y- it's, you, it's you hold out for that one yes. You hold it's out not for even that one a yes. yes. It, you get you get ninety nine no's and one maybe, and then you wait four weeks, and maybe <laughs> that maybe <laughs> yeah. will turn into, and then half the time that turns into a no. Yeah, it is. Like, it is a wild. It, it's quite wild, it's, but it's also kind of exciting. It's it thrilling. is exciting, it's especially in a weird when you self deprecating way. <laughs> when you yeah, I feel like most. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're all masochists and oh, we're all it's, just like we're all yeah really weird it, it's 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 a thing that we do so luckily for you mm-hmm. so you end up going even so you were pounding the pavement yeah not getting stuff but obviously yeah. eventually you did yeah i did so how, how did it go oh about God. getting your inequity now yeah i'm assuming you didn't <laughs> then just walk up to broadway and no. go i'm on broadway now and they said yes katie you're right yes katie you're right girl um so how did that transpire post equity katie um i i was able to do uh, a few shows equity and um the last show that i did before the, the, the play that goes wrong was called the toxic avenger it was um and that pittsburgh clo the director wes grantham this great director he was the associate director on the original toxic mm-hmm. avenger it's a great musical it's uh written by the guys in bon jovi i did not know yeah that. uh, <laughs> that's awesome bon jovi's i think guitarist uh wrote the music for it so it's, it's this epic rock musical comic book musical yeah um i remember the old movie which is so bizarre yeah right? yeah it's crazy it's kind of gross yeah yeah but also like i kind of love how s- the style oh, of yeah. it and oh, how yeah. dedicated everybody is to that style oh yeah so it's a great musical called The Toxic Avenger. And so I went down there in, uh, to Pittsburgh and I did that. And um, Wes Grantham was the director. And so when I came back to the city, he lives not far from here in Astoria. And um, his, him and his wife, um, Amelia, uh, have a two-year-old. And so when I got back, I was like kind of looking for money. I was like, if you guys ever need a babysitter, like let me know. So I started babysitting for them. <laughs> and so um, while that was happening, uh, Wes's wife, um, Amelia, is a amazing actress she's i mean she's done like six broadway shows yeah and so she got hired as the american what the female american understudy in the play that goes wrong for the original cast when they originally brought the show over from london yeah i was like i would talk to her a lot about it because i loved the show i was like man i'm so jealous like i feel like that i love the style i feel like i could totally do that um and she'd come and seen me in toxic avenger and, and all that so when it was coming time for them to recast the show um, she, they asked her, like, do you know any Americans that would be good for this? Because it's a very specific yeah. show. You need oh, a, very much is. very specific show. You need a kind of a certain mindset and a certain talent set, I think, to do it. She recommended me along with a, a few other people, and so that's how I got my initial audition for it. Was just off of because she was like, yeah, sure, which is just insane. That's the gig. Literally, no. that's what. But that's how it happens this for a lot of enti- people. I, the entire industry is personal recommendations. It's, oh the my entire God. industry is yeah. personal recommendations, yeah. and that is why this is such a frustrating career. <laughs> right? You can be the best in mm-hmm. the world, sure. but someone has to be like, "Oh, I know this guy." Yeah. And if no one ever goes, "Oh, I know this guy." Sure. You're done. You're done. And it, it, it's I've I've talked about this. Um, I had uh, uh, the voice actor Jason Griffith on earlier, and this is right. all we talked about yeah. was the fact that it's like, and everyone I always ask, and and you did it without prompting. Mm-hmm. Always like, so who's the person that kicked it off into the or not kicked it off, took it to that final level? It was it was Wes and Amelia. That's yeah, awesome. They are they're wonder wonder wonderful people. And the audition process was so fun. It was uh, a lot of group auditions and yeah. like we did improv like it's very very English 
way yeah. of auditioning for things. There's it's it's very. You mean they focus on the craft and the ability yes, of the actor, and not <laughs> not commercialism. Yes, <laughs> and this particular theater company is amazing. Amazing, and we we can talk about that too. Yeah, but like. Yeah, she kind of, she just recommended me and I, luckily I showed up and I did work and I worked my butt off. And so now, um, I understudy both of the female roles in it. And what was also awesome is that the two American understudies that they hired for the show, they bumped up. So I'm Amelia's understudy. That's fantastic. Which is amazing. It's like, absolutely. It's just, that's how it should happen, but it doesn't happen in. That's a very British way of doing it. It's a very like, you've paid your dues and that's what you're in the company and and you should do that. And that's, what's great about British theater is in the United States, it is not even close to a meritocracy. And I feel like in England, I mean, it still isn't, but it's closer. It's very much like instead of going, Oh, the original cast is leaving and they never go in in America. It goes, okay, so now what television or movie star can we get to take the role? Whereas in a British cast, they go, okay, give me a reason not to promote the understudy. Yeah. (laughs) Because they know the role. They did it very good. We obviously like them enough to go on. Yeah. Right. So instead of the opposite of whereas in the U S it's like, give me a reason to even consider the understudy. Yeah. And this one, it's like, Give me a reason not it's to an, promote the exactly. understudy. <laughs> I also think that this particular show and the 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 company that that created the show tell kind everyone of used, what yeah. the show is for for anyone who hasn't seen the play that goes wrong. Okay, so the play that goes wrong is a, a contemporary farce about these uh, college students um, at the Cornell University who put on a murder mystery production. So they put on this uh, murder mystery. Uh, and everything that could ever possibly go wrong in a show does. And when they say everything, everything. Every it it is a roller coaster. Every Ev- second something's going wrong. Things you never thought could go wrong. Yeah. It is it is uh, an incredibly well written show. It yeah. is so funny. Um, I've honestly never seen anything like it before. I was when I, the first I time I saw it. I was like, this is. So it's the, one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. And so to get to be a part of that has been so joyful. Yeah. So joyful. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So you understudy the two female leads. Yeah. You've gone on several times for both. Um, I actually, know because, well, well, for, well, for one of them. For I'm, one of them yeah, several yeah, times. Yeah. I got to see you as Sandra. My Broadway debut. You were Your there. Your Broadway debut. Oh my gosh. Terrifying. How does that feel? How does it go from, because... You go your entire life working mm-hmm. towards a single moment, then that single moment happens. Yeah. How much does that suck? It, it, <laughs> it, I, I ha- it's weird. I have honestly, and, and, and this sounds like, maybe this sounds weirdly ungrateful, but I've had bouts of depression because, yeah. because you're like, I've worked my whole life for this thing, and then, you, and, and then you get the thing. Do you remember what I told you when you got casted? I think you said like... I said, I'm so happy for you and this is going to suck so bad. Yeah. And you're going to be so upset. And like... It, I have weird bouts of depression yeah. where it... Because where I, I, you have so much purpose. Or at least for me, it was all about like hitting the pavement and grind, going to that class and yeah. meeting that person and making sure that you were known in order to get the that big job. Yep. So then I got that big job and it's, it is... No, it, you reach this certain level of success and all of a sudden now you realize you're in like this different pool of people who are just working and who you're doing this thing that was so special. And then it's almost like you're with these 
all these other people who do it and you realize it's not special to them. It's just the job. It's a job. It is. You clock in, you clock out. I mean, I, and I don't mean that in like a, in like a really cold way, but it's your, your, your perception of it ends up changing completely. And you want to keep your job. So you want to make sure that you are on top of your shit and that you can continue. I mean, like it's an interesting place to be in right now. Cause it's like, I did the thing. I got to that first step. And so now I'm like, well, what else do I want? Oh, I want to do TV and film. I want to yeah. do all these things. Yeah. And, um, but all then, of a sudden these dreams that you thought were too big for you. Yeah. You're now like, Oh no. Cause oh, wait, I remember I that was my it. thing. I, mm-hmm. In, it was the same and it's still one of my ultimate goals in life but growing up I was like if I do one Broadway play mm-hmm. I'm done I, I, like, not, <laughs> not done but like I've made it and then I'll I remember happy, thinking yeah. to myself as long as I can support myself yeah as long as I can pay the bills doing yeah. this I'm never going to stop mm-hmm. then I was blessed enough mm-hmm. to start paying the bills doing it yeah and then I got to the point where I was like oh that's not this isn't close. Like y- you become okay. so hungry and mm-hmm. you want so much more, but it's just because the path to those levels of success used to just be too far out to even dream. You're like, yeah. all I want to do is make it on Broadway. All I want to do is be in a magazine. Mm-hmm. All I want to do is have a TV show and then yeah. I'm done. But then you get those things and you're just like, oh no, I can shoot much higher and it's a little more realistic. To it's, It becomes real to dream those things, which yeah. becomes depressing and scary in a way. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's not this like magical thing anymore. It's, yeah. it's, it's so interesting. It's so hard to explain, but it's, um, it, you, you, it's like this balancing act of like being so, cause you just have to, you have to be present and be grateful to have a job. Yeah. Like you have to kind no of whining on the yacht. Don't. Yeah. Which right. Is my favorite thing. Yeah. And it's that idea that it's like, yeah, it's going to be hard. And it's going to suck, but yeah. you're, you're in a place that people dream of every single day. Exactly. And you have to remember and that. You have, and you have to, remember, to check in with that. You have to remember when you dreamt about that moment. Yeah. You know, and, and dreaming of where you are now. And so it's this weird balance of like being so present and grateful and then, and then also wanting, it's okay to want more. Yeah. It's okay to want bigger things. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you're not grateful. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's an interesting place to be mentally. And I think uh, another thing that's scary is once you've reached a certain level, yeah. I feel like you're, you're very scared of taking a step backwards. Oh, I'm terrified. Oh, I'm terrified. I know. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. And after this, I'm, I'm sure after the, I, I don't think you're leaving Broadway anytime soon. Don't get me I wrong. Hope, I hope not. But it's one of those things where afterwards you might not get a Broadway offer right away. No. And you might get another regional theater offer, mm-hmm. which would be a great show and a great opportunity. Yeah. And yet you, I know in the back of your head, you're going to be like, I'm, st- I'm taking a step I'm, back. I'm taking a step back. I'm taking a step down. Mm-mm. And it's, it's hard not to think that way. Yeah. But you will. You will. <laughs> it's gonna, I know. It's, it's gonna, coming. And it's gonna, like if if that does happen, mm-hmm. it's gonna suck. It's gonna suck. This is a. I mean, this is this is the sucky part of of success because it's not this huge. I think it's because this is a level of success where I'm not, neither of us are set for life money wise. Oh no. Uh, yeah, bills are getting paid today. Today. But if job stops tomorrow, who knows if yeah, those bills are oh getting paid. Oh my God. Paid. Yeah. So it's a level of success where we finally can do what we love mm-hmm. without distraction. Yeah. But it's that fear that it's all going away. There's yeah, there's like a little there's a little bit of anxiety yeah. that comes with it that's like this can end any any time. Do you ever feel like you're faking it? What do you mean? I know for me I feel 
when I'm around other people mm -hmm. that are in my same field mm -hmm. success wise, mm -hmm. I feel like that I'm not supposed to be there and then I'm faking it. Oh, that oh I'm, yeah. That you're an imposter. Then yeah. They're going to find yeah. out you get imposter exactly. syndrome. And they're going oh to get me the and they're going to, and they're, they're going to, they're going to find out and they're going to kick me out and they're like, what's, who let this guy hang out for so long? Oh my God. Yeah. There's so much, uh, there's a lot of like worth stuff. You're like, am I, when I first booked the show, I was like, am I worthy? Yeah. Have I, I can't, you know, not that I, did uh, I trick them into doing this? Yeah. Is this, did they make I, a Are they doing me a favor? Yeah. I'm like, no, no one's, no one's doing no, me a favor. No one on Broadway does favors. <laughs> well, um, well, well, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, favors. Favors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so but let's talk about, um, so we talked a little bit about the actual play. How did it come? So it started off in the West End, right? Yeah, it's, well, the, the people who created it were a bunch of theater students uh, who went to school together. They went to Lambda, which is in London. The London Academy of Music and Dramatic Arts. That is correct. That is correct. Yes, yes. And they loved improv and they, so they formed this kind of improv theater company called uh, Mischief Theater. Mm -hmm. And... Um, they would do this thing called Mischief Movie Night where they would basically improv an entire movie um, in front of the audience. And then they would also write things. There. So they started writing um, the play that goes wrong. It was named something else. And they, they first did it at the in a theater above a pub and like five people came to it. It was like 20. Mm. But it was basically the first 20 minutes of the play that goes wrong. Yeah. And so eventually a producer got involved and was like, hey, if you can put a second act on this, there's a uh, a hole in the touring market in the UK that we could we could tour this and see how it goes. So like okay, so they wrote a second act and it toured for like I don't know I'm not really sure I think maybe a year year and a half or something. Okay. And then it went straight to the West End because it was such a big success. Um, and then a couple uh, I think a year and a half ago or so, J.J. Abrams was in London doing Star Wars things oh, as, as, as he, he does, does yeah. as he does. And he, a friend recommended it to him. So he came and saw it on the West End. And he was like, he said, he was like, I'd never seen people laugh so much. Yeah. He's like, I, and so he went backstage. He talked to the guys, was like, hey, if you guys ever want to bring this to the US, like, I want to be a part of it. I want to help you do it. And so, P.S. J.J. Abrams is so nice. You met so him? Cool. Yeah, a few times now. Is he, is he still like the producer on the show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. He's like our, our, our main American producer along with Kevin McCollum. Yeah. Um, and so because of J.J. Abrams, um, they brought it over to the U.S. Yeah. And uh, so they opened about a year ago. Yeah. Here on Broadway. The Lyceum. On, on the Broadway. On the, on the Broadway. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, and yeah. so, so then it ran with the London cast for a while. It ran with the London cast for six months. They are some of the best humans yeah ever they're so funny they're they were all just so grateful to be on broadway do you know what i mean like they were just oh, like yeah. they were just so excited and happy just there's just no egos at least yeah. seemingly to me they just really really lovely people very very smart the three main writers are uh, jonathan sayer henry shields and henry lewis but the, the group the, that brought it over they kind of created it together yeah. So they basically, what I heard was that the writers would write something and then they'd try it out on their friends and then their friends would have input like, no, I think this character would do this or yeah. whatever. And so they really built the show from the ground it's up. It's like almost like a TV writer's room, but for theater. Yeah. I think that's how they work. I mean, yeah. they, they're an incredible group of really smart, creative, funny people. 
That's awesome. So I got to get to know them, which was awesome. And they're all our age. I mean, they're all like 28, 29, 30. Yeah. And you're just like, well, you're set. I know. And they also, they have three other shows or they two, two other shows on, in, on the West End right now. That's incredible. They're, they're fine. They're, I know. they're, they're, they're doing, fine. they're, they're, they're doing well. They're like, like that Schwartz fella. They're going to do. Oh, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> Call back. Schwartz. Um, at first I thought you said Fritz. When we were t- referring yeah, no, back to, no. <laughs> to Fritzy no, from your, Fritz. <laughs> your Fritz story. Oh my God. So what, what exactly does for, for, for the c- the people who are listening who are mm-hmm. not versed in theater, sure. what is it that an understudy does? An understudy um, is there to know the parts, but mm-hmm. not go on unless needed to. So if if any of the principal cast gets sick or gets hurt or wants a day off, you you do the role for that performance or for a number of performances. And you cover multiple roles. Yeah, I do. I cover both the both the ladies, um, Sandra and Annie. Um, and uh, I mean, it's and it's great. I've never understudied before. This is yeah. so. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of experience with understudying or or being swings or standbys. But like, it's my first time understudying, so it was a whole new way of learning. Because you have to, it's not just because normally in theater, you get a role, you learn that role, mm-hmm. you do that role. Yeah. Instead, they're going, all right. Here's a few. Here's a f- couple of roles. Learn them. You're going to get very little rehearsal mm-hmm. with anyone else to work on your character mm-hmm. to do anything. Yeah. Learn these roles and then maybe never do it. Or, or maybe, maybe very maybe last minute. At the last second. Yeah. Um, do you get any, like, so when... Uh, when you did finally make your premiere mm-hmm. on on the Broadway, Broadway, how much how much rehearsal time did you get? Any rehearsal time with the cast before you went on? Yes, a li- uh, a little bit. I knew about a month ahead of time that I was going on, and so once we opened the show, we started understudy rehearsals, which were once a week, yeah, um, for about four hours, and so. I think we had maybe two of those before I did the show. And then I think the day of, there's a lot of specific kind of crazy stunts that happen in the show. Oh, very much so. So all that stuff with the clock, I did the day of. Get out of town. Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen the mm-hmm. play, we will not give anything away. But Mm-mm. this is a very, very, very physical show. It's, it's people are, yeah, it's very, people, things are falling. People and things are falling from the sky. Like yeah. literally all the time. Yeah, it is. It is a wild show, and it's yeah. so fun. Oh. But yeah, people get. I mean, people get hurt. People have gotten hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Did, did, so you haven't gone on because of injury or anything like that. No, 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 no. Um, it's it's also. I think it's vocally very hard too because oh, yeah. we're not mic'd. We've got one mic at the bottom at the center stage. Um, and so and it's very uh, just a very vocally demanding show. So Definitely. I mean, people have had to to call out because they need to rest their voice. Yeah, because you. I mean, when you get on that stage, you want to go full out, but you have to find of ways. Course of course, you do. You of, have a house like how many? How many? Do you know the house size of Lyceum? Uh, Is it like fifteen hundred or something? It's around nine hundred, actually. Nine hundred. Okay. Yeah, it's a beautiful house. But it's it's, it's huge. It's, it's gorgeous. Huge, yeah. So yeah, you want to go full out, but it's a it's an interesting game where you're like really trying to balance like not screaming your head off. Yeah. You know that last scene with the with the two girls. Totally. I mean, you just you you're wanna, screaming over each other. You're screaming over each other. You're trying. You're you know you're trying to be heard. So, it, but I think that it's vocally demanding for vocally and physically demanding for everybody. Yeah. You have to stay in shape for the show in a way that is not like a normal in shape. Yeah. Your body has to do things with muscles that you've never used before. Yeah. You know? And you have to be ready to go. That's the other the thing. The whole time. 
it's uh, it's almost like 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 longshoreman. It's like it's physically demanding, mm-hmm. and you're but you're not gonna not get physically demanded. It's yeah, not like you yeah. have one rough day and then you get to chill the next day. No, like you're it, gonna always do this. It's gonna yeah. It it it's quite crazy, and it's a little bit. I've actually struggled with trying to stay in the particular shape that I have to stay in when I'm only going on ever so often yeah you know your body i think gets used to it can get used to that type of abuse yeah your, your muscles get used to it but when you're not doing it every day and i have to go on once in a blue moon yeah how does my you know making sure my body is what's the shortest take it. what's the shortest notice you've ever gotten to go on luckily i've been pretty lucky with with that but i think it was like three hours three hours notice to Oh, by the way, you're doing a play today. Yeah, it was like three or three and a half hours. But luckily, at that point, though, like I had done it a few times, so, so I you think. Knew it, yeah. And I told, I mean, I I told the the ladies that I'm understudying. I'm like, listen, don't stress out about it. I know the I know the parts that, at this point. I mean, we're six yeah. months in. I know the parts well enough. Well enough. Don't stress out about it. It's cool. Like, let me know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Is there a is it, is there an, a uh, a feeling of support between the leads and the understudies mm-hmm. or is there like a little we, bit of contention in a way? I, you know, it is an interesting, um, dynamic dynamic. You certainly don't, I, th- I certainly don't want to step on people's toes because you're there to support the lead. Yeah. I'm there to support, but it can them. also be looked at yeah. by some leads. Yeah. Uh, you know, they might look at it as this person's waiting for to my, take my job. <laughs> And it can seem that way, but yeah. it, but it's, I mean, it's certainly never my intention. I'm just like, hey, if you need a day off, it's okay, but also it's okay if you don't. Hey, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, because you don't, yeah, you don't want to. And luckily, with this show in particular, with most plays, at least from what I've told, understudies aren't even involved in the rehearsal process. You get brought in during yeah. Tech Week, you write your blocking down, and then eventually you'll have rehearsal and whatever. But luckily with this show, I think and it says a lot about Mischief Theater Company and what they what they wanted and what how they view the theater and how yeah. they view the community of it. They um, the actual art of it. Yeah. All understudies were involved from day one of rehearsals. Yeah. We rehearsed with the entire cast as equals. It is a very ensemble That's piece. That's really nice. Yeah. So like we were taken taken in and con- I mean considered as equals from the get go, which was so, so I mean I'm spoiled I'm spoiled by that no no other play musical yeah. will ever no include no, me like that and but that's also part of the part of the job I think is that it's you know it's a little bit of a thankless job sometimes or it can be but in this situation for me it's not yeah you know so I'm very lucky that is nice in, really in cool. film a lot of the time is I'll be uh, I'll be put on hold which means they're waiting to see if the other guy accepts it. So I'm right. basically like his understudy, but mm-hmm. I don't know it. I'm just there to see if he shows up that day. Right. And then, and then give if me he doesn't, a call if he doesn't show up. Yeah, it's a very okay. similar thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I know I'm not your first choice, yeah. but I'll still, but be, I'll still do it. we all got a deadline to make, <laughs> so you make can money. do it. Yeah. Um, so how long? So the play that goes wrong is running currently until... When? Until July officially. Well, okay, so um, it's an open-ended run right now. The tickets are, are on sale through July 1st. Through July 1st. I think, I mean, their goal is that they, they want to keep this thing running as of long course. as possible. Of I course. Mean, it's the longest-running play on Broadway right now. It is. It yeah. is. It's the funniest show on Broadway, too. It's the funniest show on Broadway right now. It but is. that's something cool I think a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. about Broadway contracts versus, yeah. like, regional contracts. Regional yeah. contracts is usually... 
going, this show's running for X dates. And then you know end. it. That's it. Whereas in a lot of Broadway, it's this show's running as long as they'll let us run it. Right. As long as we sell tickets Listen. and producers are making money. Mm-hmm. We're going to run this. I think that's why the show is so special. Or yeah. part of the reason why the show is so special is that like it was a type of show where because there were no stars, because yeah. it was a bunch of young, young kids from London putting on this crazy, wacky show. No one had heard of it. No one knew what to expect, really, even though it kind of tells you what happens in the title. Yeah, it but goes wrong. It goes wrong. <laughs> um, it took we just I feel like we just now got the momentum to keep the show running meaning yeah. like it took a lot it's a type of show where it, it needed word of mouth oh people love this show people people when go I, nuts over this show I, I i was you know i saw when you debuted and i'd never seen a play like this i'd never seen a play so funny mm-hmm. and so inventive and so i've never been by a comedy have been kept on my toes that much yeah because when they say anything can go wrong like there aren't seconds that go by it is non-stop they put as many (laughs) gags and things that could possibly be dreamed of yeah into one show it's amazing and it is such as you said earlier it's such a roller coaster of an experience to go on to see the show to the point where so much happens where when you were bowing uh I tried to take your picture and an usher bum rushed me. Yeah. And it was no. just because something happens with the set at the end. And uh, I don't think yeah. they want people to see what happens. With the set. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're pretty strict about that. Oh, I got like, she flew at me. Oh, I bet she did. Yeah. She was yeah. good. She deserves a raise. She was doing the absolute right thing. Who, what was her name? I don't know. All right. She had glasses. Oh, a few of them have glasses. <laughs> Ushers um, have glasses. <laughs> um, I think, again, and I think one of the... Also, one of the most incredible things about the show is that in times that we are in, yes, where you just kind of don't get a break from kind of the anxiety of of all these all these issues and these these things, the politics and the God, there's just eh. yeah, it's you feel like there's so much coming at you constantly. It's a type of show where like it's p- just pure escapism. Yeah. The show, because the gags are so quick and because it's written so fast and well, you don't have time to think about anything. And there's nothing political about the show. No. There's nothing sexual. There's nothing vulgar about it. It is just pure fun. fun. It's great yeah. for families. It's great for anybody, really. So I think, the again, I think the reason why it is so successful is because people need an escape. Yeah, it's such like a respite from the real world. You don't and have, just going into yeah. a place where you can just enjoy yeah. and just have a full belly laugh where nothing's bothering you yeah. for at least those two and a half hours or yeah it's just you don't and it's just a special a very special show it's and a great show it's a real, and I'm, I'm just very very grateful to be a part of it well yeah. definitely everyone make sure to keep going and checking out uh, the yeah. play that goes wrong at the lyceum theater on the broadway mm-hmm. now selling tickets through july 1st oh, wow. um and you might be lucky enough to see uh, Katie pop up there. Yeah, I might be on. Yeah, you might I, be on. I've, I've been on a lot lately. So. You lo- yeah, you never know. Stuff yeah. happens. She could be there. That's live theater for um, you, you know? Everyone, thank you for listening. Please follow Katie Sexton on all of her social media stuff, uh, which is, is it just at Katie Sexton? No, it's not. It's, no, it's, well, I actually, I have a Twitter, but I don't use it, so don't bother that. Just don't, don't worry Instagram's about it. The Instagram is fun. She'll, she'll do a dramatic love, reading of Missy Elliott sometimes. Oh, I did. Yeah, did you like that? I did. It was you. good. Thank you so much. Um, uh, Katie N. Sexton. So the, it's 
Katie Sexton was taken. So oh. I had to put my middle initial <laughs> really? in Really? Okay. Yeah, there are. There, I mean, it's a very English name, actually. It is. It's very English. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. follow Katie at Katie N. Sexton. And thank you so much for having, for being here. This has been such a great conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is I'm, I'm honored to talk with the, Z, the Zach Miko. Oh, well, you can come back anytime. Thanks. Just not next week. I have to, like, space these out. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll, okay. I'll find you. But anytime after that, you can go back. Okay. Can we just have pizza, maybe, sometime? Yeah. All right. You can do that right now. Okay. Want to get pizza? Maybe. I don't know. Okay. We'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun, guys. We didn't get pizza. I had I got an email and I had stuff to do, so we didn't get pizza. But we'll get pizza eventually, Katie. Thank you for being on. And thank you guys for listening, as always. I love the show. I love Katie. You guys got to go see it. And it really is just so much fun. And as Katie was saying, in these current political tough times, fun is so important. Remember to go out and have fun every single day. Life is meant to be lived, not endured. So go out and enjoy yourself and just love life. Please follow us on all the social medias at Zach Miko, Z-A-C-H-M-I-K-O on Twitter and Instagram. On Facebook at Facebook.com slash Big Things Pod. Big Things with Zach Miko. On our own website, BigThingsPod.com, and email us if you have any questions. Zach at BigThingsPod.com and Josh at BigThingsPod.com. Please leave a five-star review if you haven't. I promise one day I'm going to stop begging you to do that. But in the meantime, it's it would make me so happy, and I want to make you guys happy. So please leave a five-star review if you can wherever you are listening to this. And until next time, remember to go out there and do big things. Ah.